0: Okay, so it's not just familiar faces at the moment in front of the camera. It's not just me and a a familiar friend. I actually have a guest in front of me today, which is very exciting. Um, So before he can introduce himself, um, my dad and myself, of course, you know, he's very passionate about cars. We read Car Magazine since I was very young, before I could even read. And one of the names that would always stick out feature in some way was ian mclaren and that's who i have in front of me today so uh wouldn't yeah call it a dream come true it might sound corny but it's very cool meeting him in the flesh and also getting to chat to him as the car fanatic that he is um but yeah ian welcome thank thanks, you thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah thank you for joining uh, it's quite cool having someone more experienced than myself um, also more knowledgeable in cars that means I can shut up a bit and just listen yeah, um, it's olden, really. yeah well I mean <laughs> with, with with the grey hairs come also yeah. some wisdom hopefully <laughs> um, but yeah Ian thank you for joining it's nice having you uh, we're gonna have a good chat just regarding his career and his passion for cars and just in general anything that comes up really I mean a conversation with a car guy can lead anywhere um hopefully we won't be talking about politics um but yeah i mean that's fine anyway ian you can just introduce yourself tell us a bit about where your passion started your career and yeah just a lack like, of overview
1: yeah cool so i mean i started uh, at car magazine when i was 22 um straight out of college my first job mm. or first pro- proper job other than delivering pizzas and things <laughs> so uh, i started advertising and i specialized in photography uh with a view to Potentially, hopefully, photographing girls, fashion stuff, (laughs) for obvious reasons. And then uh, also, like cars, obviously. So, uh, yeah, Car Magazine advertised for an assistant photographer. um, And I applied for it, and uh, I went through the process, and I got the job as an assistant photographer. Uh, And then I think I actually only assisted maybe two or three shoots, um, and and then ended up taking over. So,. I was the photographer there, the only photographer for a long time. Um, and then uh, I've always had a passion for writing as well. So, I mean, I didn't get a particularly good mark at English <laughs> English at school, but that was yeah. I didn't like the Romeo and Juliet and that kind oh, of yeah. stuff, but I loved writing, the, comp- the comprehension, I think they call it. So, composing a story and things like that. So, yeah. I obviously did some, some small assignments for Car Magazine, and they obviously saw some potential, and then uh, I learned, you know, kind of they learned... They taught me on the job so i submitted a story and then it came back full of red pen uh and (laughs) submitted another story and then it came back with hopefully less red yeah (laughs) and so i learned from there i mean i still i still would probably get a lot of red pen on my writing but anyway so i i i grew from there and then um so, did photography and writing, and then towards the end, uh, I'm not with Car Magazine anymore. But towards the end, I, I arguably did probably more writing and mm. and less photography. But it's nice to be able to fall back on both disciplines.
0: Yeah. So, was cars always in this? Of course, you told me about photography and photography and girls in fashion yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but where did cars come into the mix? Was it only something that occurred, you know, after something like Car Magazine came along and that became a reality?
1: Or no, was it I, I, since young days? I, I don't. I didn't grow up with a, a, a particular fascination on how cars worked. Mm. Uh, I like the look of cars. I like the design of cars, and I love driving. Mm. So that's kind of where my passion for cars started. So, I mean, obviously now through working at car, I've got a better understanding of the engineering and what goes into it, and making it work. But I still. I still love driving. So to sit low in a car, um, you know, I'm old school, so I like a manual transmission. Uh, uh, rear wheel drive um, you know i had the m2 cs the other day yeah i had uh, porsche cayman gd4 that kind of thing it, j- it just really gets me excited. awesome drivers cars. yeah, absolutely so i i love the design of cars uh, the shape and the look and feel and-, and and the tactile nature of them and i love driving so yeah yeah, that's kind of where the passion for cars grew and that's where it is at the moment yeah
0: yeah and i think it gets easier if you surround yourself with people who's also so passionate about cars
1: absolutely so we were talking before uh, about the community and the sense of community and, and once you start talking to enthusiasts mm-hmm. and you know everyone's on the same page and everybody wants to help out and and you know from a photography point of view the best light is early morning or, or evening but first prize is is before sunrise and you know i found it's always that awkward conversation of asking a guy to come you know, <laughs> Very you know, before sunrise could you be there would you mind and and, and and as soon as people realise the, you know, the, the relevance of it, and everyone's going to get together and talk cars and drive cars, yeah, uh, then everyone's there and it, it's cool. It's a very cool community to be in, and long may it last.
0: Yeah, I, my short uh, lifespan with cars also includes some gatherings with friends of mine's dads who own cool Porsches and Ferraris yeah, or whatever, yeah. and then early morning, like in the summer times, like five o'clock, we'll gather. Somewhere in some of Strand, and then head off Clarence Drive. Yeah. Go for that uh, stop at the uh, what's the place? Royals. Come back, yeah. and that's I mean, stupid and basically absurd for anyone waking up on a Sunday morning going for yeah. those kind of drives so early, like just to go for a drive. But I mean, if you don't have the passion, that's
1: no, it's something just, different. It's just cool. It's just and and there's something. Or maybe it's a. I don't know if it's a boy thing or not but there's just something about even when we used to ride our kid our uh, BMXs around the neighborhood as kids there's something like a yeah. pack of wolves mentality yeah, almost yeah, yeah. like yeah. and i can see the, the you know i live next to the n 2 and i can hear the guys on a sunday morning coming past the honda club and the bmw club yeah. you can definitely hear the bmw club cuz they do donuts at the shell yeah. garage but i mean there's just It might be antisocial behavior in some instances, but it's still, it's a a camaraderie to it. That's probably the cool, that's a good word.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice for me living at Ray's uh, hearing basically every Saturday or Sunday morning, like, okay, first the biker crew, and then, usually, like, the Supercar Club, going up Ellsburg, the pass, the, oh yeah, going yeah. to the pass, going to France Um And then, some Sundays, I'll just be like, okay, screw it, go through to Franz just see what's clapping. Yeah. It's awesome to see the gatherings. Yeah. And now and then, you, but because there's, like, so many niche clubs, like the 370 or the 350Z Club, yeah. or, like, the Morris Minor Club, oh I yeah. mean there's so many clubs but it just like it doesn't matter to be honest you can make a hp pencil club if you really want to it's all about the gathering yeah in that sense yeah which is very cool um do you have any specific like memories of gatherings of car people which stand out for you past couple of whenever.
1: Ah, you know, I mean, as a journalist I got no money. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I get to drive around in test cars and, and it looks like I've got money. But it like looks don't very cool. <laughs> so my goal and there's a there's a, a bigger reason to it, my goal is to get something of my own that I can keep in the garage. Of course. Uh that I can my, my son's four. So by the time he gets he's driving, I I don't know whether cars are even gonna <laughs> well, drive car's gonna themselves, be... they're gonna be electric or what's gonna happen. Yeah. Maybe they're flying, but I mean, I, I really, I'm a fan of GTI, so I'd love a, go- a Mark One GTI oh, uh, on, a, on a relatively smaller scale, otherwise uh, a, a Porsche or something like that. So, in terms of car gatherings, it's still a goal to get something of mm. my own that I can take to one of the gatherings. Um, it's a bit frowned upon when you pull in there with a test car. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it, it, it's it's they get excited, but I mean, it's not yours. It's not You're yours. not quite in the circle of trust. Yeah. Um yeah, I had a funny story. I, I photographed the press release for the um the current Honda Civic type R. Yeah. Or the one that's out now. And so I had the car first in Cape Town. Obviously they, they used the pictures for the launch of the car. So we did an early morning shoot again. We did it in um down Solaris Pass. And we came down the pass and then we were gonna get a coffee. And <laughs> we turned left towards Somerset Mall. And we turned literally turned left into the Honda <laughs> oh, Club's <my> gathering. Word. <laughs> all these Civics, Type R's and all that. Kind of and, and, you and you could see the... them one by one realizing what the car was. It was the brand new one, the first one in, probably in the country. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do I slow down here? Do I speed why, do up? You do, I, do, I I do you stop or what do you do? smile and wave or just get out of here? But um, yeah, so in terms of gatherings, yeah, one day I'll take my own car there. Yeah. See, yeah. First prize 911. Second yeah. prize GTI. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Apparently, some clubs also have their own sort of personality. Like your Porsche club or your Ferrari clubs are like your older, more sophisticated gentleman, your Yo, very rich folk, your Porsche's, your enthusiasts. I would like to
1: think that if you got a, a selection of each club together, there would be a common interest. And even if maybe the, the Ferrari guys mm. are a little bit more highbrow, and they would maybe frown upon the, the the big exhaust on the back of a Civic Type oh, uh, yeah. You know, if you got the conversation going, they would they would have something in common inevitably.
0: Yeah, of so, course. So you do probably have your own cars also.
1: I don't actually own a car. I really? Owned a car for a while, yeah. Wow. fortunately. Yeah. So I, at Car Magazine we had long-term cars, so we kept them for a year at a time yeah. and 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 reviewed them. So the last car I owned was a um, little City Golf 1.4. Um, which I I wish I'd kept, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then it just didn't make sense to keep it. I just wasn't driving it enough. It was parked. So, yeah, for the time being, I, I still get test cars, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, my wife's got a Polo, so we use that if, if we need to be. But... Um, yeah, again, I don't have money to buy cars. Yeah, of course. So for the time being, it's cool if I can get cars.
0: I think that's the cool thing of journalism. Like you, sort of have this image, like, yeah, I'm driving cool cars, or whatever. But like, don't ask me to take you out for five star dinner.
1: Like, yeah, yeah. I look. I mean, they always, they're not always cool cars. Some of them are, are, are. Are less uh, appealing in terms of putting the wife and kids in.
0: And Suzuki espresso of the like, you know.
1: Yeah, the espresso isn't is, is it's still quirky, but there's some Chinese cars that I, I wouldn't put my kids into. But yeah, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, so for the time being, I don't own a car. Um, it would be an interesting exercise if and when I buy a car, because <laughs> you would think I know exactly what to buy, <laughs> and I actually do have an idea what I would buy. But yeah. my wife, my wife comes with her. Preconceptions and things of what she would like to drive. So, yeah. you would think a motoring journalist would be a no-brainer in terms of knowing what to buy, yeah. And also in terms of a budget, but uh, it would be an interesting exercise.
0: So last week I spoke to a friend of mine who, well, I called the uh, the podcast the conversation with an on-car guy yeah. so he knows nothing about cars yeah, yeah. nothing and i sort of wanted to gauge where he's at like what does he know about cars what is cars in his eyes and i sort of asked the question you know you have to, you, you let's say you have a family one day okay you have to decide what car you're going to buy for your family and what are you looking at and he just like had no idea but eventually came to something uh came to the conclusion to buy something safe similar to the volvo or whatever yeah uh but what are you looking at when you actually buy a family car?
1: Well, you know, to be honest with you, if if it came down to the nuts and bolts and you wanted to buy the best value car that was relatively safe, had good resale, and got from A to B, everyone would be driving a white Toyota Corolla. Yeah,
0: I know that's for for good reason.
1: Yeah, and and it's the same reason why the Toyota Camry did so well back in the day. So it had space, it got you from A to B, it was dull as dish soap. <laughs> but you know, if you were feeling bold, you put a wing on the back of it. You oh, know yes. That kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's the simple answer. Mm. Uh, then you get to the fact that someone like my wife wants to sit uh, higher, so mm. the SUV kind of craze, um, the perception that it's safer and you can see further and things like that. So then the Corolla goes out the window. So then uh, something like a T-Cross comes in, which yeah. she really likes because she drives a Polo now, so she would love to upgrade that's to a T-Cross. So there's yeah. an appeal in that, but then that's a bit smaller in terms of having kids, yeah. so you need a bigger boot so then you know what I mean there's so there's so many boxes to tick yeah. if you had to tick sensible boxes a white Toyota Corolla because it's white because it's easy to repair and it's and, and it's better also recently. have a big boot yeah and it's got a big boot and it's comfortable and, and it does everything that it should do and then then you start adding uh, sentimental reasons why sentiment to it and yeah. an emotional appeal because you still want it to feel like you spent and like then your the your Corolla goes out day. the window the Corolla goes out the window <laughs> yeah so um, yeah, this—I mean—that's the reason magazines like Car Magazine and, and people like myself have a job because yeah, hopefully you, need can give, you can give advice based on your needs, uh, requirements, and, and emotional attachment to a car. Yeah. So some
0: something about journalism that always motor journalism specifically driving all these test cars. The one thing is like you drive the most amazing cars and it's awesome, but then you—in my mind—you probably do get tired. Of driving all these cool cars, or you get tired of driving one for too long let's say a few months and then you just need to swap. Is that a reality? Like, is that something you actually experienced? The getting too tired too quickly
1: no, for a car? I mean, to this day, I still love driving. Um, it was interesting when you had a car for a year, a long term car. Mm. So, some of them got to a point where, yeah, you, know, you would okay, I've had enough. i not had enough, but I've, I've experienced everything I can experience with this car and I know where it stands in my list of wants, one day. Yeah. So, you know, again, the nice thing about driving all the cars is you have a frame of reference. So if one day you, you we're going to spend your money, I know what I, there's the list of cars and some of them are at the bottom Yeah. for whatever reason. Um, no, I, I don't think I ever got tired of driving a car. Um, maybe there's, or like in life, there's always a car that, you would prefer to be driving. The old saying is, "There's always a bigger fish." So uh, yeah, I, I remember the day I so we got the Audi TT, the first gen Audi TT, and we had the first one in Cape Town. Car magazine had the first one in Cape Town, and I had it for a weekend. Yeah, and I pulled up to a, next to a guy, and he had his uh, beautiful girlfriend next to him, in a, and they were driving MX-5 Mazda. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <gasps> You know, she was doing everything in her power not to. It wasn't because of me to like to look and stare, and you could see the driver of the MX Five was going to be hating life, and hating me probably. And I remember thinking, just like, the guy probably saved, and it's probably his own money, and he's got he's, saved, he's got an MX Five, and nothing wrong with the MX Five, but at, yeah. at that moment, the the brand at new RDT, a black one with that the baseball yeah. glove mitt uh, interior that's when i realized yep there's always a bigger fish <laughs> yeah no there's always something better yeah, something yeah. obscene
0: that i've seen the past couple of months now in university usually a typical university car would be like a polo or the other etios is also gaining some fame some drive yarises you know some drive golfs even you know so not not the most amazing car usually just something reliable something safe but now there are some university kids or rather the parents who decide it's a good idea to buy them a GLE 63 yeah. or a Golf R or M2 and I ask myself you know okay cool
1: what's next for you because the problem with that is yeah where do they go to from there
0: yeah at some point well I guess somewhere in the next 10 years they'll have to support themselves they have to get a job yeah. buy their own car and I, I guess my well yeah my my friends the way we see it is you get a car now let's say your parents buy a Polo You'd like to keep that polo for at least the next, I don't know, eight to 10 years, because you don't want to buy a good like a, another car, and also it's fine. it's a polo, it's a reliable car, not too expensive to maintain. But now you get an M2. Surely in your mind, you're not like, you're long-term car, you know, forever car, because you're used to sort of that level.
1: Yeah. You know, so what's next? You need to be able to aspire to something too, I think. Yeah. Like the guy with the Polo generally aspires to a GTI. Yes, a of course. I mean, so if you start on an M2, you're setting the bar fairly high. I hope you can sustain it.
0: Yeah. So. I think with the Polo also, um, you sort of get used to uh, a more... How do you say it? Like a, a very simple way of driving. Like you don't have a lot of power. No yeah, basic gearbox. You're in the basics, yeah. yeah. And that's also needed. Um yeah. I can't remember who I spoke to about it, but like let's say I climb in a Porsche now. Like I can't exert forty percent of that car's power because I'll, you know, be in my pants. Yeah, I'm so yeah, scared yeah. because I don't have that yeah. experience. Yeah, you build um, to it. but you sort of you know get the max out of what you have now even if you have an mx5 and you yeah. can get a lot of an mx5 actually absolutely yeah and then you go up from there otherwise yeah, you just yeah. don't get used to the next level otherwise you just don't you know i guess build skill also
1: yeah you need to aspire as well
0: yeah so what was your first car
1: that you had that i owned that was it the city so i used or? to deliver pizzas and uh nando's chicken uh nando's uh, yeah, yeah in a in a, in a patchy uh austin apache it was lent no to idea what that is uh, basically like a mini with a boot okay and then i had a mazda 323 mm-hmm. uh, which i delivered a lot of pizzas in <laughs> and uh, it's a big boot actually yeah it was a, lack of it's a lot of pizzas and it was reliable I and i drove it badly but yeah. it never let me down and then they stole that from uh, car magazines car park two weeks after i started at car magazine they stole my mazda
0: and that was your car that was yeah, your it was one.
1: my car and i laughed because well i didn't laugh but the, it was on fumes in terms of fuel it uh-huh. was no, nothing left i literally parked it with fumes so i know for a fact they went to the petrol station straight the off to this yeah. and then the next place they went to was a pizza place because that car had so many the, you, you know what could get into my car without smelling pizza yeah. so it in, was into the, the, the cloth. cloth was in the material so i know they got that so i had a mazda three two three which was good to me so that was the first car i owned yeah, Yeah.
0: A, a friend. You probably also had some road trips or some crazy experiences of that car since it was your first one.
1: Yeah, we went up to uh, George. We went up to um, um, Hermanus and on, um for for December holidays, and we yeah yeah we drove it badly, and I had to to <laughs> it in a few times, and yeah, yeah oh. very cool.
0: That sounds like typical, yeah, and then from there on it was basically just test cars,
1: yeah, so then I had a city golf uh eighteen hundred um, sport not the not the c t i which I really wanted, mm. and then the, another city golf, and then thats that's that's the last car I owned, so yeah, yeah,
0: so in terms of test drives, what has been your most memorable test drives you can remember in your career
1: yeah there's been a lot i i mean we've been incredibly lucky um i I drove um I went on the on the international launch of the Porsche Carrera GT Yo, in Berlin. That's amazing. Which was obviously Yo. bucket list stuff to this day. So when we arrived there, we had Walter Rol there and he drove us uh, around. And, and I did 322 Ks an hour on a runway in Berlin Yo. with him driving. Um, yeah, I, yeah, so a yes, BMW amazing. M2 around Laguna Seca uh, was pretty cool.
0: Damn, that's also
1: quite yeah, cool. Yeah, wow. and then uh, a bit slower, but but still finer. I drove those uh, Arctic trucks, uh, Hiluxes in Iceland. Yeah, the same ones that they drove the in Top Gear. Top Gear ones, yeah. yeah. So we drove onto a glacier in Iceland with those big um, AT44s, I think the ones yeah. the tires are. So that was a very cool trip. That's one of the best trips I did.
0: And yeah. was it really like as capable as you yeah they were
1: rubbish on road because there's the, the, so much rubber so as yeah. you went over 80 k's an hour they, they were wobbling all over the place yeah but i mean they're not, not what they're designed for but in terms of, on the snow they were incredible yeah and then uh yeah more recently i drove the mclaren senna around esteril in Yo. portugal um which was cool it was, was um, it at the launch yeah yeah Yo. what was so,
0: your initial thoughts of the senna and like the looks and uh, what the car represents? i haven't changed
1: my mind i still don't think it's a great looking car mm. i think it's I know why it looks the way it does in terms of function and things yeah. like it. And having driven it flat out, uh I can I, I appreciate the, the downforce and the yeah. and everything around it. I still don't think it's a great looking car. I think it's a it's clumsy, it's there's too many uh, yeah. funny lines and awkward lines and things like it. So um
0: I do have a question about the center also. One thing I'm always interested about is how capable supercars are these days. Yeah. And how much can like a normal person like a non-racing driver actually get out of that car like a Cena. like yeah. it's not a gt3 car yeah. it's not a racing car it was proven but it's like you know almost to the extreme edges of what a road car can do for now yeah. you know
1: um so how do you yeah i wouldn't say it's not a race car i mean it's pretty much ready to race i mean you could take yeah. it on a track I mean, so so that that launch was incredible because <laughs> we had sighting laps of the track in a 720s, McLaren 720s. Yeah, no, it was just not a slow car. And that's one of the fastest cars I've ever driven. Yeah. So You came in from that, and then I you have a, uh, a an, an instructor in the passenger seat, mm. so he's guiding you through. You've got comms in your helmet, and he's telling you where to brake and things like that. So that was that was interesting because that's more a road based car. Yeah. And then the biggest difference in a Senna for me, apart from uh it was louder so the sound deadening that is, is is less so yeah. it's a, it's a, you can you can hear the stones hitting the under carriage thing is the brakes the brakes and the tires so i think uh, it had semi-stick tires on obviously yes and yeah. the brakes so you come down the back straight of Esterol and then you use you, you tell your brain's telling you to break and he's saying wait 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 and you flat wait 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 break and then you stand on the brakes and then and it just you, stops yeah you've got you know, you just sucked into your harness and then it stops and then you, you kind of look up and it's ready to turn in kind of stuff. So in terms of driving it, so if you took a center around Franchig Pass or, 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 or Hellshoogte, I think you would be, I think you would be quick because it's powerful and it's light. I don't know that a guy, a better driver in a, um, let's think, in a 911, in a GD3, for example, wouldn't catch you. Mm. And, and, and potentially pass you yeah uh, and then at the same time i don't know if a guy in a 911 turbo because it's all-wheel drive and he's more confident yeah wouldn't then pass pass the guy in the gdc you know what i mean yeah so there's look at the end of the day the better driver will be quickest but a novice if 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 you put the, a driver on the same skill level in all those cars he would be arguably quicker in this in the all-wheel drive car that's more predictable yeah and, and things like that so it takes it takes a bit more effort and skill suppose, to drive a senna or a even a gd3 yeah up to the limit and then beyond the limit yeah
0: so because i think um one thing about supercars over the years it's of course gotten more technological and safe and so but also there's a lot more driver aids to have the driver
1: yeah like a Cena. a cena has got Driver aids, and then it does, and then they say cheers. So yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to, to get it wrong in a center because I, I think you would, you would struggle to get it back.
2: Yeah, you'd probably ban uh, it. Yeah. I,
1: I had a, I had a, a notebook comment in a, in a car magazine. We had the C43 uh Mercedes Benz AMG or Mercedes AMG C43. Yeah. So and I reckon six cylinder. Yeah, I reckon a guy. A novice driver would be arguably quicker around the Franchi Pass, for example, in that car than the C63 S.
0: That's interesting,
1: because it's less intimidating to drive. Mm. There's less, there's bigger margin for error, and you could sit and you can concentrate on your driving and your lines and things like that. Whereas the C63 S, all power, you're concentrating on your throttle inputs. So if you get it, if you if you're too quick on the throttle, it's going to go sideways, and there's there's a lot more going on. And it's yes, it's a more uh, yeah. visceral experience. But if you're talking about A to B, the uh, the, the C43 gives you a bit more um, confidence and a bit more leeway and a bit more room for forgiveness. So yeah, so maybe that's a better way of putting it. So yeah, yeah. And also, a lot of cars
0: take sportier supercars. Um, you know, they don't. Ninety percent of the time, they're not driven. Full out, flat out, mountain pass driving, track driving also.
1: Yeah. Look, so, I mean, another point of reference is, is super bikes. So oh, yeah, you, you know, if, you, if you If you went on a super bike, super bikes these days, at what point are you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, I think I think a, the cool thing about cars is you can find a car that matches your skill level, a car and a road, and you could come back and you could feel unbelievable. Yeah. You've driven a Mini Cooper S. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. You go, ah, and and like, you go home and you, this is, you've had a good day out. Whereas another guy might might have that thrill in a, in a gt 3 or, or the Senna or, or something like that. So there's always a car to match your skill level, there's always a road to match your skill level, which is the cool thing about cars. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Have you driven any kind of GD3? All uh, the newer ones, especially? The 911 GD3. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. It's my favorite car. That's, I, I wanted to ask that because for me, I'm a Porsche fanatic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I've driven all the GD3s. Uh, so so from everyone, 996 From 996. Upwards. I went on the international launch of 996 GD3 with Walter Roll again. Yeah. 997 GD3, I was the international launch, and the, the second gen 997s. Um, yeah, I've driven all of them. They're phenomenal. So and
0: the RS models probably. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's so unbelievable. The one I would have is a Gt3 Touring, and I would. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's all I need. I I don't especially need the wing on the back. Yeah. For me, that's and I would take the manual. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've driven yeah all of them, and and that's pretty much all the car I would need. <laughs> yeah, does <laughs> if I could afford it one day.
0: Does the G 3 Touring and the normal G 3 like nine and one dot two? it is it really like. Just the wingless gt D three or yeah. is there actually a lot a bit more difference?
1: Um you put me on the spot. I, I I think there's a the suspension is a little bit more forgiving in the touring just so that it's more uh, yeah, slightly road more biased. Road biased. Yeah. But I mean it's certain certainly same performance. Um yeah. yeah, same it's got the wide the wide uh, rear tracks, yeah, wide body. Yeah, I no, it's it's for me it's that's yeah. the best car in the world.
0: Now I remember driving uh, I was driving somewhere in, in town and I saw a nine eleven coming. Well, you initially first see the lights. Um, it's yeah, very recognizable. You saw it coming, and I was like, this one looks a bit different, but I don't see a wing or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just normal 911 shape. And then I look at the front, and I see, you no, know, that's the GT grill. Mm-hmm. Drove past, look at the back, twin pipes in the middle, gt Touring. Mm-hmm. But of course, your common car guy, it's what a color? 911. It's a Porsche. What color you know. was it? Uh, I think it was a yellow one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also, not long after that, I saw the speedster uh in in miami yeah. blue or scotland yeah. Yeah, i'm miami getting blue.
1: the speedster now next month to drive i think i think that must be
0: the most unbelievable experience so in terms I of drove, sound i
1: drove that was one of my last launches at car magazine i drove that came in uh, the 718 gd4 yes and the speedster in scotland so i drove around knock Hill in scotland with the gd4 yes and then they gave us a, a speedster to go out into the countryside and i was born there so i was born in scotland so it was a special experience. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, uh, incredible trip to Scotland. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, a lot of people ask me, and it's an interesting, a lot of kids as well ask if I've driven Ferraris and Lamborghinis and they want you to take them in this car and this car. And the, it's a funny thing about Porsches is they don't, they arguably don't gather, the get the same emotional juices yeah. flowing as a scarlet red Ferrari. And, oh, a, of course, and yeah. a raging bull, but... Actually, they make the best cars. There's nothing that they build, even if you don't like the styling of something, the first Panamera, for example. Even if you don't like the styling, there's nothing that they build that isn't solidly engineered, fast. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's going to keep its resale. They yeah. They make they make good cars. I'm a big Porsche fan. Well, I appreciate.
0: Yeah. Porsche. I think Porsche. I think Porsche and Ferrari are two brands that are very like known for the good resale value. Majority of the cars, yeah. of course, but the, there's like quite a big difference where Porsche. It feels like they have this continuity. Like yeah. you know, if you had to climb into a 996, uh, you know, GT3 now and the newest one, there's still some some sort of guy I can yeah, sort of realize the familiarity.
1: Port. So the the, the it's interesting thing about Ferrari is that. They've, they've, they've built up this mystique around the brand, yeah. which was annoying or frustrating for a journalism, journalist in this country because they didn't hand out test cars, and they don't want you to, to road test their cars. And if you get a car, you can only drive it for so many kilometers. and things. But actually, rightly or wrongly, it, built up, it builds up this mystique about… Oh, I wonder what this car is, and I wonder if it is actually l- special that you can't drive it for. I mean, why can't you race it? again? So exclusive. Like so I, I do appreciate what Ferrari's done, and I, and you can, you have to appreciate how they've built that brand up. So some of the cars are are not particularly good, like a for, like a California. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever been as disappointed in a in a in a driving experience.
0: Have you driven the Portofino?
1: Yeah, uh, no, I drove the F12, the Berlinetta. Uh, Berlin, oh, okay. so that was incredible. Obviously, yeah. the V12. Uh, and the 488, so the, the, the smaller stuff is really good, uh, and it continues to be really good. So so hats off to them. They haven't dropped, dipped in their quality. They arguably could, and they would still be as popular. The kids would still lose their mind about a Instead Ferrari. of Ferrari. But yeah, I mean, there's a mystique about Ferrari that, that you have to take your hat off to them. Yeah. So And then, um, yeah, the Lamborghinis, the best thing to happen to Lamborghini was, was the Audi ownership because now yeah. they're actually comfortable and usable to drive, but they're still incredible... Uh, Experiences. I mean, just
0: look at the Uricon. like what that did for Lamborghini.
1: Yeah. No, that's a great car to drive. And arguably the the Urus. um, Yeah. Also, probably unnecessary in the greater scheme of things. Have you driven the Urus? Yeah, I have. And I was that... uh, No, it's fantastic. I I don't know that it's that that much better. I mean, I haven't driven the RS um, Q8 yet. I don't know how much better the the Urus will be, but it certainly looks the part, sounds the part. Yeah. You have to appreciate... In fact, all the brands, what they've done with SUVs, I mean, those things, two tons, two and a half tons, you have to appreciate what they Look do. at
0: what Aston did with the DBX. I think. You
1: know, I haven't driven DBX. I don't particularly want to. <laughs> oh, really? No. I, okay. Th- th- those kind of things leave me cold. But, um, yeah, like, a, like, a, like again, we, we talk about Porsche again, but Cayennes, Biennale X5s, GLEs, GLE 63. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. incredible. That thing is two and a half tons with seven seats in it. Yeah. and it does 0 to 100 in whatever under five yeah. seconds um so yeah that's it's 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 amazing how the the motoring world in terms of manufacturers adapts and and and
2: shift yeah
1: they, it shifts continuously and it's maybe it's a, a discussion for another time but electric i mean it's for a car enthusiast it, i'm not Excited at all about electrification and that, but it's incredible how emerging industry has gone. Okay, well, there's big pressure on emissions and there's big pressure on this and fossil fuels, so we have to go electric. And boom, they're going electric. Yeah. And and like a Tesla, what they've done, they've opened the door, and now the Germans are going to come and kick the door open, uh, by all accounts. But it's incredible how the emerging industry is flexible, relatively flexible. Yeah. And it moves and it goes and they go. Every one of those motoring manufacturers is 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 at least two years ahead of legislation in terms of where they're supposed to be for emissions. Yeah, they just get on with it and do it.
0: I think what's awesome, like especially the Germans. I'll take the GLB, which is quite a new car, maybe yeah. not even a year old, and now suddenly they made an electric version, the EQ yeah. ELB, something yeah. like that. Anyway, they basically took the base of that car. Made it electric now. Something like the EQS comes out, direct okay. competitor to what you would call the electric S class. Uh, it's it's actually unbelievable. Top gear had the electric re- awards now. There's so many cars to choose from. Not here, of yeah. course. You don't see any of them here. Um, but of course, a lot of brands like Jag, like Audi, like Volkswagen mm. are saying 2030. Okay, because of like whatever's happened in the UK, 2030 all electric. And I'm asking the question you now, what does that mean for us or even the rest of the underdeveloped world?
1: Well, it's got big implications for us. Um, you, we simply have to catch up. There's no, you can't, you can't yeah. be left behind because it's fine if they still have petrol cars here for another 20 years. But what happens to industry? So mm. Volkswagen, Mercedes-Benz, um, BMW, Nissan, they all build for export here. Yeah. What happens when your market doesn't want <laughs> your cars. A, a combustion engine anymore, yeah. need electric. So, yeah there's big pressure. I mean there's, there's big pressure. I mean the government, it's up to government as well to get involved. So um yeah, but that's a that's a discussion for another time, but uh yeah. I've driven I've driven iPaces and I'm driving Taycan. I'm looking forward to it, but I think that should be awesome. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm old school. If yeah. it was between a Taycan that did 0 to 100 in three seconds, and a GT3 that did 0 to 100 in five seconds. I would have the GT3. Yes, no, so, without
0: yeah. a doubt. But yeah. I think the Taycan is, it's sort of the first. You know, if Porsche decides to build the electric car, that means things are going to move forward, and also that sort of sets the benchmark for what a fun electric car should be.
1: But then again, well, I'll let you know we, after I drive it. I don't know how yeah. much fun it'll be. Yeah. I, my, my my concern is that all electric cars are going to end up the same. So they'll they'll all have the same battery underneath. They'll be built in the same factory. Modular. So they'll, they'll, they'll charge the same. They'll all do not 200 in three seconds. They will. Um, you know what I mean they'll all have? They'll do 500 miles. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So where where as a motoring journalist or where as a consumer do you find the differentiation between the two between a uh, the Tesla and the Porsche? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. that's a bit concerning as a motoring enthusiast where things are going because I don't I don't gather they're going to be able to engineer that much yeah difference in terms of you know all it is a suspension and steering really
0: yeah I see uh, especially in you know Europe there's a lot of small city cars like the Peugeot electric car or whatever the Honda Jazz e the Mini Cooper e mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of those small city compact cars and you know that's not it's not like your supercars and whatever which is very exciting to look at so when you do your more consumer or journalistic tests on those cars like what do you even say oh the interior looks nice well that's all you're going to talk about is interior and exterior and packaging yeah at the moment range is sort of variable but it's still very much the same so
1: but range won't be dependent on the manufacturer that'll be dependent on on what's on the battery
0: yeah so but I mean, mean yeah. just sort of stating the fact there's not a lot to say. Yeah actually.
1: No, it's 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 concerning. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean even Formula E is boring. I mean it's apparently there's a Formula E coming to Greenpoint in Cape Town. So sometimes. I heard
1: that I would I would think someone's still gonna have to put a lot of money into to surfacing a track. Yeah. I really, if I looked at the figures when there was every every few years there's a rumour that Formula One's coming to green point yeah and then they actually add up and they think oh well, who's gonna pay no, for it it's not so i think it would be great in terms of a spectacle to have a race especially mm. around that scenery i don't know who's gonna pay to i mean there's safety there's who's gonna resurface you can't you can't be jumping the, the yeah. speed bumps at, outside the waterfront no anyway so i think that
0: would be quite cool seeing some sort of motorsport i, I think there is a gd3 challenge or gd3 cup coming to South Africa, actually, like a racing series, uh, which would be very cool, and that's petrol cars, so that's what also makes it exciting. But, I mean, we haven't been I think
1: South Africa's biggest chance of international motorsport, other than the uh, endurance racing that they're doing, the GD3s, is probably motorbikes. I gather Kyle Army is still a little bit away in terms of infrastructure to host a Formula One, but I think MotoGP or or Superbikes would probably come before that, which is cool. I'm yeah. a big MotoGP fan.
0: Are you... Okay, so I just wanted to ask, are you interested in motorsport in any way? Yeah,
1: I, c- I can't be bothered with Formula One, to be honest <laughs> with you. I, um, my surname is McLaren, so oh, I grew okay. up as a McLaren fan for obvious reasons. Oh, obviously. Um, and I love what guys like Lando Norris and, and Ricardo are doing for the sport in terms of personality, bringing personality and stuff. I can't, I can't watch a full Formula One race. To, to me, to, <laughs> to, to wait for 60 laps for something to happen... Yeah. And then, oh, uh, and Formula One for me is only exciting when there's outside elements. Yeah. If there's rain or there's a big crash, there's a safety car, then it's exciting. MotoGP, there's every one of the guys on that grid could have a good day. Yeah. There's ma- there's all the manufacturers, any one of those manufacturers could win, even Aprilia's up there now. The riders have personalities. Yeah. So they, they get off the bike and they congratulate each other. or they, you know I mean? they they yeah. all got... And they all love what they're doing. So, yeah, for me, for the last few years now, I found MotoGP 20 times more exciting than Formula 1.
0: Formula 1 this year, I think, especially gained a lot of traction, but mainly because of Drive to, drive to Survive on Netflix. Absolutely. So, but That's not even to do with the cars, yeah, really.
1: But, yeah, anyway, that's also a good discussion for another time. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't... There's too many rules and regulations, and even the stupid track limit stuff that they're going on about now. I mean, honestly, you just stay on the track, and then you won't get, you know not lose your lap. And then, who decides which track limit is? And and then, and then the Russian kid running around at the back that's paid for his seat. No, yeah, you wouldn't find that in MotoGP. Surely every no. guy, every guy on that on that grid can ride a bike.
0: Yeah, so I'm also interested to hear. Uh, at the moment, you're driving the M440i. Yeah, so. Tell me a bit about that car. How is the experience? How is the new look?
1: I don't love the new look. I don't love the new styling. But I, I do. I, I can ex, uh, appreciate that BMW wanted to take a bit of a risk with the 4 Series mm. and differentiate it from the 3. So, you know, they, 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 they're they talking to a buyer. And if you don't like it, then buy it. And if you do like it, then like it. So, so I take my hat off to them for building in a bit of personality and character into the car. Yeah. So I don't personally l- like the grille it's, it's growing on me, but but sl- more slowly than it yeah. should be. Uh, in terms of a car, it's a really cool car to drive. I love sitting. You can sit low in it. You can sit in um, lovely engine, obviously. And this is the X-Drive, which I, I don't think you need in our market. Mm. But it is what it is. So I had the M4 um, last week, which is obviously a, that much a step up in terms of its everything. Yeah. Um, and probably this this is the one you would buy to live with and it's fast enough and you would still you'd still go over hell's work or or, or pass very quickly
0: i wonder how this compares to the normal m4 because it's x drive also
1: yeah uh, so I, I i like the m4 the rear wheel drive so you can it's a bit more playful and you can you yeah, chuck uh, it uh, in yeah. a bit and it's you can scare your wife if the tires are cold and things like that uh and um funny enough this this gearbox I, I like this gearbox better so the m4's got the uh, it's gone back to eight speed auto yeah so the gear shifts aren't as, as as jarring or or as as kind of noticeable yeah which for everyday driving is is cool it's and nice. everything and makes it more pretty. but i actually like the gearbox when it when it knocks sort the of tells much.
0: you hey you're driving yeah, the oh, car yeah.
1: so um yeah, I, like we, we spoke about it when I got you. I would have the M3 over the M4. I think from practicality point of view, and I think the difference between the two as well is the M3 now is wider at the back, so they've they've actually widened the um, the wheel arches. Yes. Even if it's, so, it looks more purposeful on the road, uh, and plus you've got the back doors, and you lose nothing on. in terms of performance. Yeah. So um, I would get M3 over M4, mm. uh, and then yeah, as the everyday for a long time now the 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 one below the M4 and the M3 like a 330i and things like that has been has been probably the car to to get yes hell so
0: yeah i think it's similar with the 5 series
1: like yeah that's 550 550 is so good i mean yeah yeah. yeah. i I think you don't have the the bragging rights i suppose it is yeah
0: yeah but i mean that's depending on what you want to achieve and your age i guess yeah um but one thing that yeah in terms of pet peeves uh, and sort of cars have to do that with emissions regulations but like pumping th- sound through the speakers yeah. and i think bmw is what <laughs> yeah, yeah they are in the lead when it yeah. comes to doing that is that also something that irritates you a lot or the idea, as a car enthusiast? The, the idea
1: of it irritates me from an enthusiast point of view but yeah. actually on the road it's it kind of it doesn't it doesn't irk me i wouldn't not buy a car because it did that I understand why they do it. It's the same as the cars that arrive here with particulate filters in it. Yes, yeah. So it's it's not kind of the manufacturer's fault, they're making the best out of a bad situation. Yeah. So the idea of it irritates me but but while I'm driving it doesn't it doesn't Is it
0: is it as uh, what do you, what do you call it? Like can you really hear it? Is it so, so discernible? There's guys
1: on YouTube that have found the fuse for that for that resonator. Yeah. I think it was on the m5 launch one of the launches they on the launch they found the fuse so they they revved it with thing and then they pulled the fuse out and they revved it without it and it sounded horrendous without oh. without it but at the same time the average owner is not going to do that yeah and and also the average m5 owner does he care yeah so, No, definitely not so and, and worst case you put an acropovic uh, pipe pipe in back, and then and you boom. wake up the neighbors when you leave in the morning so yeah i Unfortunately the manuf- motoring manufacturers are at the mercy of legislation. Yeah. And they have been for a long time. So yeah, they're making the best of a bad situation. And yeah. again, that's why I would love something old school in my garage. Just to keep there for in my son's of age. Another example was that um, Mustang Bullet. Yes. Yeah, I would love one of those. Like it's a it's not a that great thing car to sound drive, um, unbelievable. But it sounds good and the and the manual gearbox and the and the everything about that car was great. Yeah. Um so yeah that kind of thing yeah i'd love to get something like that in my driveway or again mark one gti <laughs> i would Leo. love um just 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 to just to remember what cars used to be like in terms of an experience
0: so your dream garage you said mark One gti of course
1: yeah i've got a i've got a uh, an attachment to mark One gti i would love one of those um i would have a 997 GT 3 uh gd3 rs no just gd3 just normal gd3 yeah, because yeah,
0: of yeah. course the 997 includes the four liter yeah like the final no, mesga it, uh, just the
1: 997 gd3 just the um yeah uh, how much money have i got well <laughs> dream garage well you'd have to throw a mclaren f1 in there oh well, yeah got, why not it's cool to have a car with your name on it um <laughs> yeah it's hard in terms of a, in terms of something to drive around in,
0: um, like your daily, what would you love as a daily? RS six, M three. Yeah, I, would, I think, Rolls- you know, either
1: RS four or RS six, and maybe RS four would would be f- sufficient.
0: I saw a new RS four in white yeah. the other day in town. Now your average guy wouldn't really notice, but yeah. we were walking from the back or from the rear, and it had this massive rear end, yeah. like. It is so wide. I didn't realize it was actually so big as it is in pictures. Yeah. And I was stunned. And I was like, that's unbelievable. Because it's wide. So your average guy wouldn't know yeah. what kind of car this is. But, oh. I think I would
1: do. So, so I would be torn between an RS6 and an RS4. But I think, I think where I'm at right now, I would be happy with the RS4. Although RS6 mm. is polar counts. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah. I love a good wagon. I love the shape of them. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. That, that would be in there maybe a cayman gd4 the yeah. newest one or the no the previous? new oh, the newer one i've got to get the manual
0: yeah um, because apparently there's some talk about the manual being the gear ratios being too long like yeah, it's so basically it's, staying so second there was illegal. talk of the
1: town when on the launch so yeah when i had it the car i took it out on sunday mo- early morning sunrise <laughs> uh out to clarence drive and kind of it's disappointing in the way that you, you go in a manual car and you think, ah, I'm going to shift and, you, and it's going to be so versatile and it's going to yeah. be so cool. But then you realize the car, I think, did 160, uh, in theory, <laughs> yeah, in second. Uh, yeah, in second. So actually, you just leave it in second. That's Worst unbelievable. Is third, and it's got so much pull. So actually, then you don't worry about the gear shifts on that road. On yeah, so road, you just drive. And you just drive. So you're, more, and you're never going to get to the top of third or yeah. to third gear. So, I can understand why the guys were complaining or or moaning about it, but at the same time, I can also see the the advantage of of, of the long gearing. Yeah. So, I know there's a PDK1 coming now, and, you know, I was part of, I was there when cars started going from manual, and there, there there was only going to be auto boxes and things like that, and to be honest, the auto boxes have got so good. Yeah. There's kind of like, there's an emotional attachment to a manual shift, but actually... You may as well just shift on the on the on the, on the pedals. You know? Also,
0: looking at the, I mean, in Porsches in general, the PDK boxes which are insane, probably the best box out there. Uh, I like the shifter in the middle; we can sort of mid turn yeah, it forward yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like pull it back for gear yeah. up, which is also quite an.
1: It so is that was the, that that's one of the coolest things about the new GT3. Yes. So they've they've gone back to the.
0: They the, don't have the shaver stick. anymore. Yeah, yeah, I don't
1: love the little USB stick. Yeah. Um. Again, there's no reason I don't like it, I, but it's just, for me, I prefer that. That was yeah. part of it because you drove like that and it's such a lack of feel. And it feel like, is, yeah. Like it's just a touring, just, touring car driver.
0: Yeah. yeah. That just, like, makes you feel, sort of, racing yeah. car driver. Okay, so I have five quick questions for you. Okay, yeah. so you sort of just have to go Yeah. All right. First one, most hated car?
1: I don't love a Cherry QQ.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, valid. Okay, manual automatic? Uh Manual. SUV or estate? Estate. Dream car, like ultimate dream car.
1: GT3 Touring.
0: And how does your favorite road trip look?
1: To be honest with you, we've, had so, we've got so many cool roads around here. Um, yeah, you know, Up and over the Frontier Pass, left at the bridge, go to the Villiersdorp, then turn right, you come out uh, back at the end to Yeah. You know, that's an incredible. I mean, there's guys that would come from all over the world to drive that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I would go back to Scotland. So, the, the Scotland is incredible. North through. Coast 500. Yeah, lovely roads. And also, the, the, especially in something like a Spider, you put the roof down, you put the heaters on your hands, and you put the seat warmers on if you're lucky, and then you can just feel the crisp air going over your hair. Yeah. I drove the McLaren uh, 675LT also in Scotland. Oh, with, with The that.
2: Goupé or the... No, the Spider.
1: Oh. So, then you just feel the crisp Christmas of the... But well, it's, still, it's still warm. Unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, um, also, I sp- I'm supposed to give you one answer, but... No, please, the, go uh, on. <laughs> what's it, Pacific Coast Highway in the U.S.? Oh, yes, cool. PCHL. Yo, so, um, but I mean, obviously, obviously, quite speed limited and stuff, but I mean, spectacular. Dad,
0: you, you have mean, to so. take... I feel there you have to take something like a Rolls-Royce Dawn or like a... Yeah, uh, because you aren't necessarily going to go McLaren 675 no, you know, no, no, spirited no, no. Pleasing, driving Yeah, it's something more of an experience yeah. so what are you taking then Yeah, so I think it's more towards Rolls Royce maybe Bentley Continental GT yeah that's
1: pretty cool yeah
0: those cars are unbelievable actually I think if you had to ask me I had to choose between Rolls Royce Dawn and like a Bentley Continental or yeah Ghost or whatever I'd definitely go Bentley it's luxury enough but I think yeah. Bentley just slams out of the park with the Continental.
1: Yeah, the Rolls-Royce is quite a thing though, hey? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, I think, yeah,
0: for me, I don't have any yeah. reference points, so yeah. it's something the, the new. Most,
1: the, the biggest compliment you can tell a Rolls-Royce is when you drive one, even the modern ones, they they, they tell you to drive it with your um, thumb and, and two fingers. Yeah. Just, and it doesn't feel natural because it's such a big car, but yet it actually just... It just, it just wafts along. And the thick carpets and it's and it, and Have you driven the new Ghost or Phantom? Or... No, no. I've. Uh, I think one of The last Rolls Royce I had was. I drove. It's probably the old Ghost. Uh, I haven't driven. But cars. I mean, I that also. And, no, they're incredible experiences. And you no, know, again, like they they build cars like a Cullen and, and yeah. you and I look at it and go, what? But they sell thousands of them in the Middle East, and England, they'll continue to sell. And probably it's the most profitable car they make. Yeah. Uh, so sort of like what KN did for Porsche, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, a necessary evil, but it's um Yeah. Again, they do it properly.
0: It's crazy how the SUV market just exploded and then yeah. crossovers and then I wonder, yeah, it's probably just about setting eye feeling safe, being sort of king of the road. Maybe it's a more of a feeling kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I I think it's um I think it's more perceived in terms of safety. I think I don't think they're necessarily safer, in fact they're probably not. But it, I can see the I can see why people want to sit taller to to see higher to see, high, to yeah, see over cars in front. But then also when you write these tests, like a review of a T cross or T rock, and you actually realize the ground the, you know they've raised the ground clearance by fifteen twenty mil. Yeah. This is nothing. Yeah. So actually, you're sitting. It's a grass. You're sitting, I mean. You're sitting basically on an old phone book. That's the difference. Yeah. Okay, then obviously you get X fives and Q sevens and which things is, like that. which is which is more raised, but yeah, I had a double cab on the weekend. I had the V six Amarok, so yeah, the one ninety kilowatt, and then then you sit tall, and then then you sit command. What is it Command yeah, yeah. driving
0: position. Yeah, so. I think that is the nice thing about ACV sitting higher. A friend of mine has a Legend forty, and I yeah. often drive that around. Actually, it's my roommate in race, but. There, you know, for all the perks, there's also all the negatives like difficult to, the thing, yeah. difficult to park and necessarily can't go as fast around corners. And yeah. you feel the body flex a bit. And yeah. it's, you know, it's all these things. And I mean, South Africa, Bucky sort of is getting a state like a status cult vibe, yeah. sort of, you know, oh, you drive a range or you have the newest ILUX. Like yeah. that's a luxury thing.
1: Yeah, you got to respect how well Raptor does as well. Yeah, definitely. But Not I mean, like
0: the Ranger is now suddenly expanding to you know there's a thunder now and yeah so they
1: they they all they're trying to it's a bit like the old city golf so they it's run out for yeah those, for the all new one so that you you can expect loads of special editions and all it'll be is a different roll hoop or, or, or
0: yeah or some different sticker different yeah, place yeah. yeah i
2: like
1: raptor actually yeah I, I i didn't like it to start with the idea I still, of it. yeah it's still well while and it's only got the two liter engine in it and stuff but actually to drive it's very cool
0: yeah and the suspension is probably no. Suspension is next preference. level. It
1: probably rides better than any other bucky on the road, even on the road. Yeah, yeah, really, it's really good. So it doesn't float around no. necessarily. No, mm. it's a really re- well sorted suspension. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it, after driving the V6 Amarok, I think uh, they could do with putting a, a bigger engine in it, yeah. even though that engine is is actually fine for everyday. Yeah. But there's nothing like a V6.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, Ian, I want to thank you for, for yeah, joining man, today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it was cool. a good conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully you weren't too bored by my lack of knowledge or experience. No, no. Uh, at But all, it was man. cool for me just, you know picking your brain trying to see how the experiences were how it is being a journalist yeah um but thank you for listening thank you for joining in um who's up next episode i have no idea we'll have to see uh but thanks for tuning in i usually say at the end of the episode rather love cars because it's better than drugs so yeah, have a good one